welcome everyone to another episode of Change Your Game with GTD, the podcast series where we explore tips and best practices um, and just practical things that have worked for us around the getting things done methodology to help you get a little more done, a little less stress and more focus and clarity and presence of mind. Here with Todd Brown. Hi, Robert. Hey, Todd. And um, in this episode, we realized we touched on the power of clarifying in the previous episode. So we're going to roll it back a little bit to that very first step in the five phases of mastering workflow we call capture. Todd, do you want to give us kind of a how you see capture or what capture even is? Yeah, I, I think it's, um, you know, we talk so much about the importance of, of mental clarity um, so that we enhance our ability to focus on whatever we choose to focus on. And capture, I think, is one of these practices that really um, it, it enables that kind of mental clarity. You know, I've, I've just in the last couple of days been working with, a, with an organization here in England, and, and uh, you know, we, we do this exercise in, in the seminar that we call the Mind Sweep, where we, we ask people to take about seven minutes and write down everything that's on their mind. And, and, and that is, uh, you know, a form of capture. People, people in that exercise are in essence using uh, or, or stopping uh, the using of a tool which they have up until then been using as a capture device. That is, they've tried, they've tried to carry around a bunch of stuff in their head. And so the, 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 the mind sweep allows them to stop doing that and to and to get those ideas out of their head down on paper so that they can engage more uh, productively with them that's part of the game but also uh, you know as i say helps them to be mentally more uh, mentally more clear uh, and so it's a uh, it's not the only thing we do in gtd that enables mental clarity but it's certainly one of the big things um, you know it's one of the it's one of those practices you know as we say that the only non-negotiable in gtd is don't keep things in your head everything else is kind of detail and with that in mind um you know capture is critical absolutely yeah i mean i think i i tell this story of myself that the really the big aha moment for me when i realized that that gtd was going to be kind of a chapter in the manual of how to be myself <laughs> was in a in a seminar with david in 2000 when uh, when we did this this very exercise the mind sweep exercise and you know, I looked over, and the, the person to the left of me had a, a page or so, and the person to the right of me had a couple of pages. And I just had this stack of <laughs> paper. You know, he, he said, you know, write fast, abbreviate, try and get it all out of your head. And I realized, wow, there's a lot in there. And this was pretty, you know, re relatively early on in my life and career and whatever. Already, the the level of just internal complexity. So I think I think what you're saying, yeah, it's it's an absolute key for for mental clarity and for being present to be able to just get out and ex externalize, as we say, all the stuff that's that's floating around in your head. Um, and there's also a physical component too, I find. So capture, capture meaning get it out of your head, but capture also meaning put it in an inbox if it's potentially actionable. So what do you, any, um, do you have any horror stories or any, uh, <laughs> tales to tell around you know this or the, the maybe the messiest desk you've encountered in a coaching or anything like that around the physical side of capture yeah I, I'm, I'm reminded of one of the very first coachings I did six or seven years ago um, 
when I was getting started in coaching and, and I was working with, uh, with a woman who, who ran a division at a big retailer. Um, and she had a sort of a squash court sized office. I mean, very, very large office and, and all the, you know, all the requisite, uh, furniture, you know, credenza conference table, L shaped desk, you know, loads and loads of horizontal space. And every single, uh, every single, uh, you know, horizontal surface was covered in paper and not just single sheets. I mean, stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks. And so to sort of to your point, you know, what, what she'd done is that she had, um, she had kept all these things because she, she expected that they would be of some sort of value to her, have some sort of meaning for her. But of course what had happened because they had just stayed in these stacks is that over time, any, any correlation between where those things were and what kind of meanings those things had to her had completely evaporated. So they were just, as we, you know, as we call them, they were kind of huh stacks, you know, stacks of undifferentiated things, which uh, at some point uh, were, were probably, you know, held on to because again, we thought we think they're valuable. Um, and so a fair amount of what we did uh, in the first bit of the, uh, in the first bit of the coaching was really just uh, doing the other bit of, of, capturing you're talking about that is trying to figure out which of these things that that she had kept really were potentially still relevant you know either reference material potentially which would need to get filed or something which was was actionable and and probably no surprise after we'd spent uh you know the better part of four hours working through all of this paper she figured out that uh, probably 10 percent of what she had held on to uh, was something that was that was still relevant. You know, we're we're talking. The archaeology was impressive. There was there was years and years worth of paper in that office. Amazing. So, so you know, most people don't have that don't have don't have that level of paper. Uh, but I do sometimes say, you know, I'm I'm just reflecting on what you're saying earlier. After we do the mind sweep, you know, one of the things that we sometimes say to people is, <clears throat> Hey, look at you know look at your look at your mind sweep. Look at those things that you have on your mind. And ask yourself, how many of those thoughts have you had before, right? And of course, most people will say, yeah, I've had that thought before. It's, you know, I've had it several times. It's something I need to discuss with the boss or it's something about my personal life or it's whatever. And, and so the, the realization that starts to dawn on them is that they're rethinking, number one. And that's, you know, that's inefficient unless it's, if it's a thought they like to have, then great, let's, let's have it a bunch. But if it's not, that's, that's just inefficient. Um, so that's, that's half the battle, I suppose. But the, you know, the other thing is, uh, as long as it's bouncing around in their heads, it's extremely unlikely that it's making any kind of forward progress. So the mind sweep is, is about both things, right? It's about uh, mental clarity. Yes. But it's also about setting ourselves up to be as productive as we can be. It's interesting. So yeah, there's a kind of a, there's a very effective way to have stuff externalized in your world and also maybe an, an ineffective way, meaning that, you know, just having stuff around you that, that you've gone numb to isn't, isn't necessarily a, a best practice, but neither is trying to have everything pristine and then keeping it all clogged up in your head and recirculating in your mind over and over, you know? So, so it's, um, I think it's about, about getting it out, but getting it out appropriately and knowing that you're going to do something with it, going to clarify and organize it. And as I'm reflecting on on how I've become 
what I would call an automatic capturing machine at this point, right? I mean, it's just, I think you know, any, you know, I'll, I'll pause just about any conversation or thing I'm doing or anything to, um, to either scribble something into my jot or notepad or, or to send myself an email. But I think, I think as I'm reflecting on it, part of how I got there is actually knowing that, A, that I'm going to clarify and organize it, but also specifically that, um, that I don't necessarily have to commit to the idea just because I have it. So for me, having a someday maybe list has actually been a big key to my being willing to capture just about anything that comes into my head because I don't want it to keep recirculating going, well, could it be a good idea? Might I want to do that sometime? I know I can just get it out and get it, get it over to the, to the someday maybe list or just delete it. You know, just throw it away or bin it. If it's, if it's, uh, you know, inspiration struck in the moment. And then I, the next morning I wake up and go, what was I thinking? <laughs> I don't have time for that. I don't have the money for that. I don't want to do that, you know, or whatever. So, um, I think I think uh, it's an interesting thing with capture that as you become more adept at some of the levels further down, maybe you're a bit more willing to capture. What what are some of the things that have made you willing to capture or helped you as you were starting to, you know, to to take hold with this idea that you really should get it out of your head? Yeah, you know, it's funny when I think back to my very first experience with GTD back in 2005. I I at the time. Um, you know, had been listening to some some podcasts of David and 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 doing a little bit of reading and and this idea of of you know if it's in your head it's in the wrong place uh, that that resonated with me immediately and it was probably the what I took away from my early exposure to GTD as the most important idea and so I got into capture in a big way and and at first it was really just about writing things down right it was just about getting in the habit of if it's if it's an open loop and it's in my head let's get it out of my head um and what was quite quite i suppose instructive about that was for a couple of weeks all i really got good at doing was capturing so at some point i realized that my my cloning <laughs> things that needed something doing with them so you know that then Sort of uh, then it sort of encouraged me to do a little bit of research into what was all of this clarifying stuff or process <laughs> as we used to call it and how could that help but but as I think more recently about my about my capture habit you know the, the thing that I think is critical is that I'm always in a position to capture right. that I'm never that I'm never in a position where um, you know I have to keep something in my head because I can't externalize the idea yeah. for a while um, you know, both you and I are, 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 you know, kind of come from IT backgrounds. For a while, despite my IT background, that was a very, uh, that was a very paper-based thing. I used to carry around a little pad and a kind of a folding pen. And then if something occurred to me, I, I captured it that way. I just wrote it down on that little pad. But what I've, what I've started doing over the last several years is to make, um, you know, more use of the digital technology. I've got a, I've got an app on my, on my mobile phone, which, uh, which does, which does capture for me. And since that, you know, since my mobile phone is pretty much always with me, that's my capture device of last resort. If I, if I don't have paper to hand or I don't have any other method of capture, I've, I've got that in, in all cases. Um, but, and, and again, I'm not arguing, you know, necessarily for the digital approach. Some people really enjoy um, working with paper, you know, the, the tactile nature of it. And, and, you know, they have, they have, maybe they have a pen that has, uh, sentimental value to them because it was given to them as a gift or whatever. So I don't I don't want to say that digital is un, uh, you know is necessarily the way to go. But that having been said, I think this idea of being able to ubiquitously capture is is really important. Yes. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Same, same here. And I do a mix. So I have, as I said, both a jotter pad for when I'm feeling old school and, um, and also an app on my, on my phone. I haven't tried using Siri. I imagine Siri is probably about as good as messy handwriting in that sometimes it gets it right and sometimes it gets it wrong. And so I, I, for me, part of the key is that, that it's good enough that I'm going to recognize what on earth I meant or was thinking when I get it back. So I try to put enough information in there and write it clearly enough if it's, if it's handwritten that I can that I can actually answer the question, what was this that I was thinking when I had this so-called so-called great idea or or decided that there was something actionable that I needed to yeah I needed to capture in my world. So I think that's that's been another key. Yeah. I'm I'm think I'm just reflecting on the the exercise again on on what we what we realize when we do capturing. And so the other thing is someone will say um well, they'll be looking at the results of their mind sweep, right? And they'll be looking at that, you know, as you're implying, it's generally for most people, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a small legal pad sized page of things that have been on their minds. And one of the subtle recognitions that some of them come to realizations that some of them come to is that they, um, they've been carrying all of that around in their head. They've been rethinking it and that's crowding out other thoughts, right? So they're, they're using their brains to carry around details like, you know, I need to talk to the boss about that situation. I need to buy cat food. I need to, uh, you know, I need to um, do some thinking about planning for my summer holiday. I've, I've just seen the announcement of the new iPhone, and I think I might do something about that. You know, the, what they're carrying around in their heads um, is, is crowding out the ability, uh, is crowding out of their thoughts, and therefore, in some ways, um, causing them to use you know, let's face it, the, the human brain, you know, nature's great wonder, right? <laughs> they're, they're using it for some of the most, um, for some of the most mundane things in the world, right? For holding on to those details. And the other thing that we talk about is that they, is that the brain is just not good at capture. You know, we've known since 1954 and George Miller's research in Princeton that, that the human, uh, the human beings can hold, um, uh, in short-term memory, somewhere between, uh, you know, seven things plus or minus two. And, you know, and so when I make that point in the seminar, I'll quite often say to the group, okay, who has more than seven things they need to keep track of in their life? And no surprise, right. one in the room goes up, right? <laughs> so, so I think we've just learned that maybe keeping that stuff in your brain might be a suboptimal choice. And to Truly. Be and to the extent that we do capture, we do externalize those ideas, and whether it's getting them down on paper or typing them into an app or you know whatever whatever method, um, that we free up our brains to focus on, uh, you know, the more strategic, the more profound, the more enjoyable, you know, the more uh, the more long term, um, and that that can only be a good thing, I think. Indeed, yeah, I think that what I I. Uh came up with the little, the idea that paper is cheap and neurons are expensive from what you were just saying there. So, you know, it, you re is it really worth spending, you know, thousands of years of evolution into neurological brain cells on cat food? Or is it worth just getting, you know, a 0.04p piece of paper and writing it down there? You know, you decide. You decide what the best storage mechanism is, you know, solid gold or, or, or a scrap of paper for, for those things that are floating around, um, you know, and I was, I was also reflecting as you're saying, I, I I've gotten really 
I don't want to say fanatical, but really excited about the idea of really, really capturing everything. And one of the keys for me to be able to capture is to know what are my inboxes? What counts as an inbox? What is an inbox in my world? Because the goal for me with the capture phase is to get stuff out of my head and corralled in that place that tells my brain, here's raw material that you can process and organize into your system when you're ready. Yeah. And, um, and I have some some unusual ones. So one one I, I reflected on is when I'm traveling, um, I'm often wearing a suit and um, I'll collect travel tickets, receipts from meals I've had, all kinds of things. And those always go into my left breast pocket. My left breast pocket is basically an inbox, meaning if it's in my left breast pocket at the end of the day, if, it, if I get back home and it's still there, that stuff hasn't been I haven't taken a photo with my phone to scan it into my receipt keeping system. So it's still stuff I need to do something about. Mm -hmm. And if I do get a minute on the train, I, I, I take a photo to scan it and send it to myself. And then I just transfer that to the right breast pocket. And what that means is the right breast pocket is my outbox. And it's basically the next time I actually find one of those rare, difficult to find uh, train station, train station uh, rubbish bins, I empty out the left breast pocket because I'm, I'm done with it. And I've, I've, got the thing that I need out of it. So I, I've gotten so fanatical that I'm a, I'm a walking inbox, you know, I'm actually um, so keen to shorten the distance between something matters to me and it's corralled in an inbox, which to me is the kind of the ultimate intent of capture. Um, but I've, I've rearranged the way I think about my clothing to do that. <laughs> Maybe it sounds weird to some people, but it, it really works for me that I don't have to Come home at the end of the day and potentially put those put those train tickets to the wash that I was supposed to supposed to get into my system as billable travel. Yeah, you, you know, as you're talking about it, the, the, this whole idea of physical capture, I think for a lot of people, you know, whether it's as you're doing putting it in your breast pocket or putting it in a folder that you carry around with you, an in folder, or whether it's putting it in an in tray. Um, it's an interesting one that because of course it's it's something that's required of physical things that's not required of digital things. Right? Digital things gather themselves. If you ask somebody, where do you find your emails? It's a nonsensical question. They're in my email inbox. They they are gathered for me there. There's no there's no other um, there's no task there to gather them there. And so when I'm talking to people about the value of uh, you know the value of, of physical collection, like we're talking about. I sometimes say, well, imagine if you couldn't count on the fact that your emails were in one location, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine if you had to walk all over your house and find your emails, <laughs> right? And mm -hmm. so I think, I think using, the, using the inbox or, you know, it doesn't have to be the inbox. It could be, um, you know, it could be some, some app that you use, a social media app or whatever. But I think using, the, um, you know, using the, that kind of metaphor, the physical in-tray is nothing more than uh, an email inbox just for the physical things in your life. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really good point. And boy, do those digital things have a tendency to proliferate in the 21st century. <laughs> you know, they're all over the place. So one one last thing I the kind of tip or thought, you know, to deal with the the social media stuff, I've had to decide what's an inbox and what's not there. I'm guessing you have too. And mm. um, one of my one of my other tricks there is if someone WhatsApps me or IMs me or they get something actionable to me in a channel that I don't generally think of as the place where actionable stuff shows up. 
um, I actually take a screenshot and just email that off to myself. And that creates a placeholder in the system where, that I do empty out regularly, that I do trust that says, hey, this person sent me a WhatsApp to try and arrange a meeting or a, you know, or to schedule something actionable or whatever. I need to actually do something about this other than socialize in my own timing. Yeah. So the inbox is very, very powerful of the way it collects for us. And But uh, there sure are an awful lot of other things that... Uh, compete for our attention these days yeah and and i think that's right i think i think you know the, the inbox can be very powerful because it's it's for pretty much everybody uh the one collection device that they're gonna they're sure they're gonna look at yeah. right very few people feel comfortable ignoring their email inbox for any long period of time i mean don't get me wrong some people over focus right yeah. inbox. some people you know some people i think uh it, it comes as a surprise to them that 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 their email can actually be shut off. You know, they, they, they're, they're not aware of the fact that it has an off button, you know, and you can actually close that application. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so, so I think overfocus is an issue and, and some people choose to sort of, you know, set parameters uh, around how responsive they're gonna be, you know, have those conversations with their, have their con those conversations with their, you know, with their, with their teams, with their organizations, maybe with the folks in their personal lives. Um, but but yeah, I mean, having things end up in the inbox. I've I've got a uh, a similar thing in in my world where when someone leaves me a voicemail, it's automatically transcribed and then emailed to me, which I think is really really helpful. And and it's a bit like what you were saying earlier that you know sometimes transcriptions are good. You know, transcription software, uh, voice recognition software has come an awful long way. I think yes. in the last 10, 15 years. But that having been said, it's it's generally not perfect. Uh, but that's fine. It's good enough. And if I really, really don't understand uh, the message that's been left for me, then there's a, uh, then, then in the inbox is not just the transcription, but also a little MP3 file of the actual voice message. So, so again, all of my, it's another way to consolidate the number of ins that I have to pay attention to. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And all of this in the spirit of sparing the neurons, those precious neurons by having, you know, a clear signal of, where your where your ports of call are, where the places are to go that you're capturing into for the actionable stuff. Mm. Good mm. stuff. All right. Well, I think this was certainly fun to talk about. Hopefully, useful to those of you out there listening. Uh, just a reminder that if you do have any thoughts, questions, ideas, topics you'd like us to address, um, or just nice things to say, we get nice emails from time to time, and it certainly encourages us to want to do more of this to hear that people are getting value from this. Uh, you can email info at next-action.eu, info at next-action.eu. We'd be happy to, to pick those up and possibly address in a future broadcast. Meanwhile, keep uh, keep capturing, be kind to, be kind to those brain cells, um, keep getting things out of your head and uh, into inboxes. Hopefully this will help you feel a little less stressed, a little more at ease with your environment, both around you and in your own head. And until next time, from me and from Todd, keep, keep uh, striving for stress-free success. See you soon. <laughs>